When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. The other host, you might say, hmm. of this here popcast. The other host. It yes. seems, mm, I don't know. Host. I don't know. Which, in case anyone's over on the Reddit, which is r slash popcorn culture, and you see the other host, <laughs> that's me. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, you know, that's I asked me. Alice. On the Reddit. I asked Alice, if she was able to make a fart noise with her tongue. Yeah. You want to know what? She can't do it either. That doesn't sound right. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. I think that... I I think Alice is too ladylike. She knows she can. Oh, no, she would do it. She would do... She would do... Trust me. Trust me. What I'm really trying to say is that I think our kids are destined to be uh, hand farters exclusively. Is that right? That's it. Yes, yes. You think they'll be able to armpit fart? Oh, for sure. For sure. I can can make fart noises. I guess it's still a hand fart. I can can make fart noises on, like, the inside of my elbow. Yeah, me too. You know? Like, pretty pretty much anywhere. Anywhere there's a flat space where you can make a seal with your palm. Mom, that's it. That's it. That's all, all you, you need. need. Yeah. Remember <laughs> when we were kids, and in case anybody's wondering, after the final pop pop, which is what I'm calling it, it's a nod to after the final rose yeah. from The Bachelor. Which is, no, not tonight. Tonight's the women tell all. Right, exactly. Um, the, um, we talked about how we make our fart noises. I'm a hand farter. Jay can make a fart noise with his tongue. As can everyone. No, I can't. Mine... <laughs> It Yours just isn't as good. It just Yours doesn't isn't work. As good. It doesn't work. Anyway, so I asked Alice if she could do it, and she said and tried and failed. And so if we have kids some days, they're just going to have to do that. And But no, I was going to ask you, do you remember when we were kids and we learned how to do farts on the backs of our legs? And oh. We would, like, we would like lay on the ground, put both palms behind both of our legs, and just kick our legs and, in And just air. bicycle? Yeah. <laughs> literally, it was just like rapid fire fart noises <laughs> coming from the other room. Oh, man. I think if you didn't do that, can you even really say you had a childhood? I bet it's a fair question you know very very fair question I everyone think, knows if you know you know but I, I always imagine mom in the other room like making tacos yeah being like could have had girls could have had girls could have had girls that's gonna be beth soon you know oh yeah With, i mean i've got three boys now i can't wait to teach all three of them how to make leg farts like i won't already have okay you know what we'll you see what? we'll see uh, luke luke can do mouth farts can he yeah oh man i got that one nice and early <laughs> <laughs> I got it. He also he does think that toots are hilarious. Does, I think does he? This is this is one of those things. It's always interesting because like when when children laugh at something that is completely unlearned. Yeah, they, it's just something is inherently funny. And toots are one of those things. Okay, I was going to ask you because I think, like, you know how they say, like, uh, everybody smiles in the same language? Yeah. Or us, maybe, is that what it is? Yeah. Regardless of what you speak, everybody smiles. It's like an instinctual reaction to something that makes them happy. Are farts funny always? Like, are they like, what, what would the word be? Um, oh, this is like how you can't describe the color red. Is right? that a thing? Can you? How well, would you describe the color red? Can you col- Can you describe any colors? No. No. So right. it's not just, red's not special in Well, this I think probably red, blue, and yellow in particular are pretty, like at the core of this. But you, yeah, like red, there there are certain words, and I don't know how oh, it's going to bother me. I'm sure people are going to know. But there are certain words that are like base descriptors where there's no way, like, how would you describe the color red to a blind person? Person, you know, like oh, you, interesting. right? Could you? I think not. I know, I right? Think not, yeah, because anything you could ever do is just compare it to something that is red, right? But which they can't see. Oh, what a weird phenomenon! It's yeah. like a base level descriptor. Yes, there is no descriptor beneath a color, right? There, I mean, there's other things like this for sure. I don't know what they all are, but I remember someone posing that challenge to me one day, and it like blew my mind. It was like trying to imagine a new color, which is also a thing you shouldn't try too hard to do. <laughs> I know it's making me like a little queasy, honestly. <laughs> like I'm, I'm upset at the fact that I don't have an answer answer to this i know right it's bothering me isn't it weird i've never thought about that before so anyway in the same way that you can't describe the color red farts are also funny to all people they are in red is intrinsically red toots are intrinsically funny (laughs) 
Speaking of that, how about for a corny joke? Oh, yeah. Let's not skip the corny joke. Of course not. Hey, did you hear about the claustrophobic astronaut? No, I did not hear about the claustrophobic astronaut. He just needed a little space. <laughs> he got a lot. He, oh, whole bunch. <laughs> or none. That is, hey, if you have claustrophobia, what you're definitely going to want to do is become an astronaut. Because once you get over being in a missile with very little room to move at all inside of a suit with less room to move, then you'll have all the room in the world. Uh, no, I still think that regardless of that, space would be one of the most claustrophobic places you could go because there is no, uh, short of re-entering the Earth's atmosphere, which mm-hmm. is something you can't do, you know, on a whim, uh, you're stuck. You are s- stickity well, stuck. Well, I think what you would want to be is stickity stuck to something. It's being not stuck to something that's the problem. Hold on. Right? Explain in that space, to me. Like, if you're untethered in space, then you are for sure stuck in space. Oh, yeah. So, like, the, the more exposed you are to never being able to return mm. to a green grass fenced-in yard, which is what I imagine when I'm claustrophobic. But a fenced-in? Why would I imagine a fenced-in yard when I'm claustrophobic? Because claustrophobia is fear of small, tight spaces. I know, but a fence is like an enclosure, and it's part of my way of dealing with feeling claustrophobic. What? I don't understand. You don't understand Do you understand understand claustrophobia? Yeah. It sounds like you're being a yard, which is a pretty big area. No, I'm not claustrophobic when I'm in a yard. Right. When I am claustrophobic, I imagine a yard. Oh, okay. Yeah, does that make sense? But so then why does... Why would being in space make you feel more claustrophobic? Because you can't return to normal circumstances. You are further from your ability to get back to that that green grass yard. So you're like metaphorically claustrophobic, not like physically claustrophobic. No, I think if I was in space, I would be physically claustrophobic. But there's not, it's not a small area. But the space in which you exist in, inside of like the space shuttle or the space station. Yeah. Is a very small area. Oh, well, I mean like inside. Yeah, sure. No, but see, so I have this exact same issue. So scuba dive. So I've grown up uh, being basically obsessed with everything underwater. I mean, I think since I was a little kid, I've had aquariums in my room yeah. and literally started the business around it. Um, scuba diving freaks me out in such what? a strange way. No, It does because... Because I feel claustrophobic underwater. Mm, you are being pressed in on from all sides. From all sides. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think what really gets me is sort of this idea of if I immediately want to get back to a space that I want to, the idea of being so far down that you have to do those like safety checks. I think that's what really spooks me because uh, but like in order to avoid getting the bends, um, you have to return to like a certain underwater altitude. I'm sure there's a term for that. That. Like pressure, or pressure, something. yeah, yeah. Uh, and like wait, you know, for ten minutes. But that's if you're like deep, deep down. That's if you're like deep. Well, I think if it's beyond like thirty meters, you have to do that. Yeah, but that's still like a hundred feet. It's a lot. That's, I mean, yeah, that's pretty deep. I would say the majority of your scuba diving, if you're just the casual scuba diver, is gonna be less than a hundred feet deep. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I think so. At that point, yeah, I mean, at that point, the light starts not being very clear, dude. Speaking of scuba diving, though, that is uh, something I did in college was got scuba certified. And I have to tell you, I would recommend everyone listening try and get scuba certified because I have a feeling or because it is one of the very few superpowers that we have just straight up invented. Oh, like we can, you we know, can literally like, do it. We can. You know what? If breathing, if breathing underwater counts as a superpower, we have we have done it. Right. We can do. Right. I have to imagine that scuba diving and being like a pilot have got to be two of the most addictive things things you can do because they are ways in which we have con- we have in a way given ourselves superpowers so do you think it's weird that these that like as much as we admire superheroes on the big screen and, and might like want to be a superhero do you think it is at all strange that effectively there is ready access to uh materials that could have that could allow you to be a superhero or to have a superpower and people don't do it. Do you mean scuba diving? Scuba diving, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm. Like, the, the idea there being, like, if if there was, like, a way to fly, it would be interesting, uh, like, physically fly, like yourself. Right. Um, or become invisible or something. Mm-hmm. It would be like, what if you had to take a training course on how to do it? And it was going to cost $300. 
Yeah, everyone, it's like, right. It's, it's like, you would think, like, if you had the ability to become invisible, it'd be like, everybody would do that, right? And it's like, right. no. And it's like, I, the class is like six weeks long. You have to do like this checkout thing. The guy's yeah. got a huge mustache and he wants me to drive in his truck to this quarry to go underwater where it seems like it's going to be cold. I slowly changed it back. And back to into scuba diving. diving. Yeah. yeah. So um, I noticed. I, I don't know if the invisibility instructor also takes you to a quarry where the water might be cold. You think you'd have to go to like a really crowded place or something. Ooh, possibly. You know? Possibly. Right. Yeah, that would be so strange. Mm. What if being invisible also impaired your ability to breathe normally? Well, that'd be weird. Do you think... Okay, the question What about, if you could be invisible as long as you could hold your breath? Oh. How fun is that? Ooh, now that's a interesting... There's a movie coming out called The Invisible Man right now. It looks so creepy. Oh, Man, oh not, it does. That's it completely does, yeah. unrelated. But I think everyone would take the invisibility and or flight class. Then why doesn't everybody take scuba diving? Well, it is not readily available in your daily life. You're not typically underwater every day. You know what I mean? We're not even near a body of water. Right I guess that's now, fair. You know, that's if it was fair. an above land, I mean, you could, I mean, you could probably call this like driving, you know, a little bit. Everyone drives mostly. Mostly. Yeah. Well, it's funny too, because like, I feel like we say we're not like readily near water, but like we do live on a coast or we live in a state where literally our entire coast is the ocean. Right. And so it's like, I think if you lived in Kansas, it would be like, yeah, you're not really that close to water, but it's like, we're in Virginia, which is a state that touches water. And it's like, it still feels like it's really far away. Mm, but that's still just because of how we draw certain, like we, we draw boundaries, you know, you could be further, you could be in West Virginia and be closer to the coast oh, you than, know, in than, we are, of, than yeah, in some true. parts of Virginia. True. True, 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 true. You know what I mean? It's just like how we draw the lines. Right. That's yeah. I mean, if you were on like a, I don't know, 200 mile wide island and you lived in the dead center of it and you were 200 miles away from the coast, you wouldn't really be near water. That's a good point. You That's know? a good point. <laughs> but like the outside perception of everyone else who's like, wow, you live on an island? Right. You must do all the scuba You must diving. be at the beach all the time. Right. It's like, no, I live in the middle of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Although, I mean, would you? But but uh, yeah, so I would recommend scuba diving because it is, it is, it feels like having a superpower. I loved it. I wish... I still did it. It is definitely, it's a weird one because once you're certified, you're certified for life, which is cool. You don't have to get like recertified or anything, but it is definitely, that should not be the case because oh, yeah. it is totally a use it or lose it skill. Right. Yeah. So well, yeah, it, it feels like one of those things that would be like if 20 years from now, you're like, well, I'm certified. So I'm going to go It'd be like, mm. yeah, I, would not <laughs> go, I wouldn't feel comfortable going scuba diving now, much less 20 years from now without any training in between. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So my, my experience with scuba diving so far is that I've gone through the entire scuba training program all the way up until you're supposed to do the checkout dives, yeah. which I have not done. Wow. But it was because the largest aquarium that I have in my service route, I actually had to scuba dive in order to clean, mm. which was an interesting experience uh, because I was like scuba certified enough to, but do I was, it. to do it. But I was also always pretty terrified when I was in there. But you were doing snuba, right? Well, technically. Technically, because by, the tank is big enough to scuba dive in, but the tank would be rather, like, unwieldy. Oh, okay. So, like, I'm still using a, um, like, a tank like you would put on your back. Just instead of the hose going from your back to your face, it goes from the floor on the outside of the aquarium over the top to your face. Right. But otherwise, effectively, I mean, you're still breathing the same thing. Right. I don't know what the difference between snuba and scuba is. Scuba is the tank on your back. Snuba is you have a line to the tank on the boat. Then I was doing snuba. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, then you have like a big enough cord with you the whole time. But I guess you can move around freer. You know what was surprising to me about scuba diving? You have to wear a literal belt of weight. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, which it looks one really cumbersome and so unadvanced compared to every other piece of equipment you're on, which is, you know, this oxygen tank, you have all these readouts. And then also part of it is just weights. Just lead weights. Just lead weights. Yeah. Around your waist to counterbalance you. That, see, again, that's another one of those things that totally takes me back into that, like, claustrophobia is this idea of, like, like you're literally wearing something that that's purpose is to sink you. <laughs> Maybe I just have a fear of drowning. Maybe you, well, that's a pretty fair fear. Drowning's scary and easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it, it, I think really it also goes back when I was in uh, college, I went on a study abroad. And when you're on a study abroad in Australia, you can, I was in the Great Barrier Reef and it was like, well, there's no way in the world I'm going to not scuba while I'm here. Mm -hmm. Because for one, they're going to let me. And two, I'm never going to be here again, probably. So got to go for it. So the respirator that I was using, I don't know if that's the right word. I feel like it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, but the, the thing that I was breathing into, I feel like was like tuned in such a way to prevent you from being like an air hog. And 
okay. so the whole time I was underwater, which was for like, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes, um, I felt like I was flexing my lungs. Oh, interesting. Because I was like having to breathe so hard mm-hmm. to get air out of like my mask. Yeah. So I was like, you know, every single breath, it was like... <gasps> That is interesting. And yeah, and I mean, the whole time I was down there, you're like linked with everybody. So if you freak out, like you have to freak out in such a way that one, you can get yourself back to the surface of yeah. the water uh, and two, not like hurt anybody else in the process. Right. And to me, that was like, I, I don't know. I felt so locked in. <laughs> Although I also get kind of spooked in mirror mazes as well, so, yeah. You're just afraid of a lot of stuff. Maybe, maybe. Well, then you also, didn't you go bungee jumping out there? Like I one sure of the did. biggest ones on Earth? Yeah, bungee jumping, bungee jumping didn't scare me at all. I did the I did the Nevis, in, is what it's called in New Zealand. I think it's 134 meters. Oh, man. Do, we, do you have video of that? I do have video man, of that. I don't I'll know if to we find can it. get that uploaded or some, something somewhere. Well, this if, is, again, why we need a Patreon. I know, of course. Yeah. So, if, if nothing else, we will link in the show notes a video of some someone doing the nevis whether or not it's me it will depend on my ability to track it down but uh bungee jumping is so strange because it's this thing that i feel like people frequently use as a descriptor of like um like a super super adventurous risk-taking type thing you can do but right it's not it's not really dangerous at all well i think the way a lot of people interpret the danger is as if you're trying to make the jump such that when the cord is at full stretch you're really close to the ground is that an objective for I people do, i don't know but sometimes i'm sure i think that can be the perception okay that you're trying to jump and just barely not hit the ground but that should not be what you're trying to do <laughs> yeah yeah no like, not you should have no chance <laughs> right no no and i didn't i would I, I would bet that i was 60 meters above the ground still. Right. so like even if uh someone like like that weighed more than i did did it like and stretched the the elastic you know mm-hmm. cord more you're still not even close to close right but bungee jumping was a completely different experience because um the way that that we did it in this particular location, you're hooked at your feet, right? So okay. they they sort of like tilt you back in this like dentist chair. Oh boy! And they like getting go through the, getting the feet tingles just thinking about I it. I know, yeah. Like Ooh. they put you back in this like dentist chair to like strap you into all the stuff, and you're on a cable car out in the middle of this like canyon, and they're just like blasting pump up music, which right. is totally working. You know, it's like full volume, and you're like, yeah, this is gonna be great. Um, but the thing that really like again like so strangely it wasn't the jumping off of like the little platform it was walking out to the platform they have this like moment where you can like take a picture giving a thumbs up and uh doing that with your ankles tied together for one is just like if i fall then all of a sudden it feels very different from my intentional jump right. off of, like right. either way i'm about to purposefully jump off right but feeling like it happened accidentally would be a million times scarier to me than the actual right. act of like the swan dive that you do right. off the end of it um but the other thing about being attached to your ankle is that they basically you jump off and then just like reel you back up yeah like there's there's not like some really sophisticated method of like getting you back in other than like well pull the rope back up right of course like what else do you do and so when you're when you're doing that though and when you're attached to your feet the thing they explain to you is that you you jump off and i sort of did like a swan dive so i jumped off like arms out like you know yeah it was really cool um but then as you bounce up so you go like full elastic all the way to the bottom. And then as it's bouncing back up, you have this moment where you have to like reach up to your ankles and basically like pull a rip cord. Right. And the rip cord is supposed to then change from your, like to where you're hanging from your ankles to your waist. Right. And so like, they're like, if you don't get it on your first try, try it again on your second, because that's the only other time you're going to have like enough, um, like, like yeah. zero gravity, zero gravity yeah. to, to let it go. And they were like, and if you don't get that good luck, because you're going to have to stare at the ground for like the whole 90 second period of time that we're like right. spooling you back up and i'm like that that scared me i yeah. was like i don't want to be hanging upside down in the middle of a canyon yeah just staring at you know at death at death we talk about death a lot on the spot i don't i don't know why that happens podcast. but <laughs> but it is dude speaking of which you mentioned that water ski potential incident somebody on the reddit posted a video of a guy where this very nearly happened to them and they're like holding onto a bar on the side of the boat and just the handle which they've abandoned uh 
whips up from behind them and like goes around their head and it like he like is able to pull it off successfully and nothing bad happens but it is like <clears throat> oh yeah he's he is uh i think what they call barefooting um, oh, yeah. in this video and so yeah, it's basically like when you're out beside the boat you're like holding onto a rod and you're literally just like uh you're just riding on your feet which yeah. i think usually means you're going like I real know, fast yeah real fast 50 miles an hour i think minimum if not faster yeah um which means if if that had popped off it's like, like oh. if you'd let go yeah 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 like Oh, oh man don't and even think about it you don't even think about it and one way or another when you're holding on that tight he would have had to have taken one hand off yeah to to remove to the do thing it. yeah yeah, yeah. i mean that, it must have been pure adrenaline right there oh i hate you even brought it up all right well let's switch into a much more um a much calmer atmosphere oh yeah let's bring it down hey so we've I'm talked before on the pop about playing about how we feel about board games we have we have yeah we have. so for christmas though you got me a board game i did which came with a coupon. Dude, but right though, like, you yeah. know, people give coupons as gifts. Like, yeah. you know, I'll make you dinner. I'll give you a back rub. Yeah. I was like, man, a board game night. Yeah. That's like, you can't put a price tag on that. No. <laughs> I'm not paying you to come play games with me. <laughs> no, but so the game you got uh, for me was called Photosynthesis. Yep. And uh, I believe the reason you got it was because the game was described as being the most beautiful game. Yeah, or... well, so this this was uh, this was like Ben Carlin research into. Hmm. So this was like my research that I would put into what game do you buy if you effectively know nothing about games? Right. And so I don't I don't know what my exact keyword searches or anything were, but like as I was like digging through all these like different layers of games that people highly recommended, some of them you just already owned, which mm -hmm. was kind of like okay, well, right, you know, there's that. Um, but I ultimately landed on this game. And, and you're exactly right because people said that like as you're playing it the physical board game itself is just beautiful and I was yeah. like how cool is that yeah I would say even as you were describing it to me I was like what a hmm I I feel like that's being a little oversold but I will say that uh, if anyone wants to purchase the game photosynthesis it is indeed a, a very uh appeal like beautiful game yeah. in front of you but basically the point of the game is you are a particular species of tree yep. and selling it so hard. Selling it hard. I know. It's so hard to describe how board games work. Sometimes it sounds really lame, but then once you get going, it's really fun. But so you you represent a certain variety of tree. I was the orange trees. I think Ben was the blue trees. I was the blue, trees. The blue yeah. trees. Team blue trees. Yeah, team blue trees. They were, it wasn't just like, I don't know. Um, and the point is you were trying to uh, spread your seeds and grow as many of your kind of tree in the forest as possible yeah uh and it gets fairly cutthroat i mean which doesn't sound like trees could be very cutthroat but you have this sun that circles the board and allows you to literally throw shade at your opponent's trees so they can't grow oh yeah yeah and man i mean what so i think beth ultimately won so in case anyone's wondering but what was your what was your experience playing the game? Oh man, okay. So this like whenever I play any of these games, uh, it it's kind of like I'm observing the strategies that other people are trying, and it's it's hard to describe a really cool way. Like I don't know this particular game because it's trees, but you have to like you have to be I don't know you have to see it. Um, I think that as the game started going on and as I started watching all of the different kinds of strategies that you could be doing, mm -hmm. it was like slightly overwhelming. It, there were, it's for such a basic concept, it did seem a little overwhelming for the number of ways you might approach the game because you could certainly just try and go, go big tree early. You could try and play a very aggressive I'm not really worried about my trees. I'm just going to throw as much shade at my opponents as possible. Right. And hope I come out on top. You could play for, I'm not really worried, like the way the sun travels around the board, it takes like six turns. But you could play it so that all I'm really trying, I'm trying to cash in big when the sun is here. And the rest of the turns, whatever I get, I get. But... You right, know. exactly. Yeah. So it's like there, there's a bit of patience involved with it. There's a certain amount of like, you know, and that that's basically what my strategy turned into was I was buying um, like perimeter pieces. Right. And so it was kind of like like three phases of the sun gave me like a full cash stock. But right. the perimeter pieces are also 
the cheapest and therefore yield the fewest points. Right. And so, yeah, as I'm watching this all go down, it, it, it was really, I feel like my mind was able to recognize that if I was smart enough to like run all the numbers in my head, that I would be able to like implement a good strategy. And literally, I think there was one round where I sat there with like my hands, like on both of my temples. And I was just like, do the math, Ben, do the math. Okay. If, if it goes to here, then this is going to be this. And it was like, I, I like could not hold all of the information in my head. What I needed was like a notebook. Right. So that I could like start like writing stuff down. Mm -hmm. so I could have all the stuff in there. I'm making, I feel like I'm making it sound like the game was really hard to play. It was very easy to play. Right. It was very easy to play. It was very easy to just get going and very nice to look at while you were waiting for your turn. Right. And it went by fairly quickly. Um, but yeah, there were, there was a lot of scenarios and a lot of, if you, if you really paid attention and were trying to like have a fully formulated strategy and you hadn't played before, uh, it was, it might've been difficult to come up with what to do. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, so no, without, without going into too much detail about a game, probably most listeners have never heard of before. Uh, it was, I, I thought it was really cool. It's a, it's like a game that I think is cool also because after we played the first round, if we were to have played a second round of it right then, I feel like every single person at the table would have had 10 times the strategy we had in the first round. Yes. Like it's because so. when, once you get the, like, the mechanics of the game and once everything starts rolling, it's like, Oh, mm -hmm. I know what I would do differently in the future. But I also know that everyone else would be doing things differently. Right. And therefore, my newfound strategy may have fall, fall, fallen apart. Right. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. But so. ultimately, neither of us won. Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn Culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting. You know, to me, it was just like a rare Charizard is a rare Charizard. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip. Turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded, it can add huge value. And then not only that, but once they're graded, they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab and that's where arena club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack but it's for a pre-graded card now i know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see but you can also request them to be sent to you at any time so they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do but whether you're buying selling trading or displaying arena club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out 
And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Did you feel like it was like, how did you feel about the competitiveness? Was that like weighing on you? Were you really trying to win? I know that like, uh, like I know that I wanted to win. And I, I think that, I think that my mind always wants there to be this like unexpected, like just you're like a savant at something, uh-huh. you know? And it's like, it's like, wow, he's just good at this. Like, and I think, I, I think I've probably seen too many movies where like the, the character is just like un- oh, right. unreasonably good like so quickly right like harry being like the seeker in, in his first year right it's like it's like i i want to be the seeker i want it to just be like i got on the broomstick for the first time and i got it and i could catch the remember all out of the air yeah you know like a, a like a 30 mile an hour dive one-handed yeah that's what i wanted to happen so it and turns out that did not happen i came in third. cardboard trees yeah it was not your savant moment it was not my small moment but i think that that's like it, it's like i need this ratio of being invested enough in the game to where I am willing to take the time to become good at it. Mm-hmm. And then also being able to know that there's a uh, sustainable method of then being able to like implement my interests. Yeah. Uh, and I think that right there is something that happens to me all the time. Like yeah. I don't like any scenarios where I don't have constant and ready access to do the thing that I want to do as much as I am able to do it. Mm -hmm. And that usually leads to me doing really dumb projects that are like very pie in the sky and then ultimately like a lesser version of what I Mm. want it to be. You know what you're describing then, I think, is the kind of game you would like and be able to get invested in is like a trading card game. Where where like you could always go and like play somebody else. Right, you could always go and play someone else and you could implement a strategy over and over and be sure that it would win against other people. And I mean, there's also like the fun of, I know you're like a collector person anyway. I am. So that would be, I feel like you'd have a a lot of fun with that. And the trading, yeah. You know what? The more I'm thinking about it, I don't know how you're not into a trading card game. Maybe, mm, in fact, except that I do. And maybe it's the the knowledge that you're too susceptible to it. Maybe that's what holds you back. That is, oh my gosh. I mean, like, I feel like a hot button political topic right now is like, how how do you feel about like the legalization of like marijuana and and stuff? like that oh boy oh boy oh boy um one of the things about me is like i've, I've never really dabbled um but that in a in a, the strangest of ways was because I, I feel like people always have their reasons you know for not for not doing anything which is uh usually much more sound reasons mm-hmm. uh my reason for never really like attempting to get into marijuana use was because of my fear and entrepreneurial spirit that somehow some way if i got into it and how there's all these different strands and stuff like that it'd be like i would end up selling it like <laughs> that's I, your fear you'd have fear of like becoming like a burnout who smokes a lot of pot you would fear becoming a drug dealer <laughs> exactly that is like quite literally my fear it's like it's like i i think my mind oh, no. would be like it's such an expensive thing but like how could i have more of it at a lower rate that i could then mm. be able to then sell to others yeah to provide this helpful service 
as a mm. as a contributing member of my society, I, it was it's the worst thought. Ben, but, I'm gonna order you a box of Pokemon trading cards, and we're gonna we're just gonna open them one day. Which I well, I just do gonna open them. I do love I I do love opening blister packs. Oh, it's I so love fun. I love holographics, dude. People say they have certain smells that like will that will bring them back and stuff. The smell of opening like a booster pack of trading cards is one of those things that it's like it's such a unique smell. Oh, it is. Which it, if if it ever cropped up anywhere else, about. Oh no! Oh no! Someone, so, so someone opened. Did someone just open a, a new pack of card, right eleven now? cards? Yeah. Did someone just open a pack? Oh my gosh! Okay. So what was what was Pokemon Generation One? Is that what it was? This is the um, base set. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the base set of Pokemon cards is actually something that I have looked up on so many occasions because I I really wanted to find on eBay like a case because when I was a kid it was um it was like I I always imagined that like when I was older it, when I had money the thing that I would go and do you know would just be like to go and buy as many of them as i wanted nobody why not could, nobody could stop me exactly but like those are the only packs of cards that i that i can care about like the ones that had like bulbasaur no was it it was venusaur yeah and charizard yes and blastoise correct and uh they were like blue foily packs yep. that looked like they had been like stamped on the ends and stuff um and those were the ones that I wanted. And so I've like looked on eBay on so many occasions. Oh, I'm looking at them right now and it brings me back. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I'll just go on eBay and I'll buy like, like cases of them. Right. Like, like what hobby shops used to buy. They're so expensive. They're, oh. It's like, it's like $70 for a single pack of these cards. Well, because at this point for an original unopened pack to exist, it's, you know, 24 years past its release date. Right. Like there's a very limited number of unopened packs in the world right yeah and that's <clears> the thing is that like you're like in every year that goes by there are fewer because i'm right. looking right now at people like with entire cases and they're like i'm gonna open them all up today and it's like man how did you get thirty thousand dollars to buy all those things yeah so i think probably what we're looking at is we're gonna need to know somebody who's just willing to part with them so um, hey little colonels if you if you own an unopened pack of Pokemon cards from the base set and you feel like parting with it, boy, it would sure make Ben's day to open that up. It would sure make my day because I would not at all be opposed to attempting to get a complete set of holographics oh. from the base set, mm -hmm. like all of the rare ones, especially yeah. the oh, Charizard. Man, why that, was that, that one? A... Why was it so popular? Like well, why or was it actually more rare? No, that that's one of those weird myths that. Uh, has has since been like debunked like as a kid it felt like charizard was the rarest one i think it was equally as rare as blastoise and venusaur um none of which i think we ever had despite you and me and ty all collecting these cards and opening who knows so many packs but no one ever owned a charizard at our house not important um but for whatever reason because of charizard's popularity or else just because of his uh perceived rareness i remember the the, the dollar value when we were kids was always 120 dollars. that's what that's what it's worth it was like like one dollar per hp yeah exactly oh something like that so glorious though so, mm, charizard not even like competitively good Right, right. Either. So I'm looking at it right now. Literally, it's right now, just for an unopened booster pack with, with unknown cards inside, it is $119.99. That's outrageous. It is so much. It's it's is, that's as much as one Charizard was worth back in the day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I could trade one Charizard for a booster pack, which probably has an Alakazam inside. Yeah, which, which probably doesn't have a Charizard in it. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's worth more unopened than it is opened, but I would have to open it. Yeah, you have, have to. to know. You'd like Maybe, ruin that. You'd yeah. take one more out of the world, increasing the value of all the others exactly mm. exactly so maybe yeah maybe if we ever do start a patreon we'll just call it our booster pack fund oh uh, there and, we go and that's 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 its entire function that's <laughs> been trying to collect a full pack dude it's so funny that we're talking about pokemon cards because there is like this part of me that when we were kids i think a lot of people experienced this with specifically pokemon cards that the, the act of collecting them was a really big, fun thing that everyone I knew did. Yes. But nobody played the game. Nobody played the at game. At all. Yep. Right. So some people had the Game Boy game for the Pokemon trading card game, and those people learned how to play the game. But this was, like, not a high enough percentage of people who actually collected the cards. So I, like, I think... We never, we, we collected them and we were right in there. We never played. But part of me always like misses, feels like we missed out on something. Like to this day, like I want to be 
into competitive Pokemon cards. Jay, do you want to be yeah. the very best? No, don't even have to be the very best. I just want to be, I want I want to, to do it. <laughs> that no one ever was. Oh my gosh. I know, all right, well, maybe, maybe eventually I will mm-hmm. play the Pokemon base card set with you because I don't know who the rest of the Pokemon are. I think you'll find it doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe not. That Maybe that would make you better. It's like fantasy football where you can just play the numbers. You can just like read the effects and be like, well, this is just, this just makes sense. Whereas I'd be like, oh man, I sure do like this Pokemon. I want to put them in my deck because I sure do like him. Yeah, yeah. No, you're. Uh, I like the fantasy football analogy because fantasy po- football is one of those things where like I'll ask people to play every year and they're like, I'm not really into football. It's like, you don't have to be. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> Are you good at looking at spreadsheets? Hmm, does that sound fun to you? <laughs> because it does to me. Because <laughs> um, that's how you're actually good at fantasy sports. Exactly. Which is to say, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. I like that plan. I like that plan. Hey, do you know, do you remember what I sold my Pokemon cards and bought when I was a kid? This was, this was like 11 year old Ben wheeling and dealing. Yeah. Maybe wheeling and dealing. Wheeling. Because I'm pretty sure you bought a Razor scooter. I did indeed. (laughs) I bought a Razor scooter. It was so glorious too. I went to Happy's Flea Market. Out of of commission now. Out of commission now. Uh, I had my, I had this like um, red vinyl notebook that had all my uh, Pokemon cards in it, like in the little sleeves. It had like a button clasp. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't even have a Charizard. Wow. And I got $75 Not bad. for my entire card collection. Crazy. Which I'm sure mom and dad were like, I swear, that's like so many dollars worth of booster packs. I was calling them blister packs before, wasn't I? Yeah. Booster packs? Yeah. Is the, is the correct terminology? I think a blister pack is like what a Hot Wheels car comes in. Oh, I see. Yeah. I see. We also collected those as kids. I think that's who you sold the Pokemon cards to was the Hot Wheels guy at Happy's Flea Market. That's exactly who it was. Jason. That was his name. name. That was, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. Craziness. Man, I've been getting, speaking of Hot Wheels, uh, we we have been playing a lot of Hot Wheels at my house. Sure. Yeah, Luke is getting into it. It runs in his blood. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those things like, I'm not sure if I'm forcing this on him, but he seems to be having fun and there's a lot of accessories I can buy. So, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like, am I buying them for me or him? I don't know. (laughs) Is there any sense of accessorizing your child? Like, like where it's like they get into something and it's like, "Hmm, this is kind of cool. Yes. It's like, can I give him armor and boots and gloves and a belt and two rings and amulet? Yeah. You started playing Diablo 2 again. I sure did. I sure did. Yes. No, absolutely. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Dead ringer. Dead ringer. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead, though. You were saying... Oh, no. So, yeah, this week... So, one of the things we... You know, sometimes we'll set the track up down the stairs so okay. we can send it down. But this the bottom of the stairs, there's not like a hallway. It goes straight around the corner. Right. So, the track curves immediately onto its side. So, very few cars can make the turn. Ooh, but that, some can? Uh, some can. That's sort of... But you can't see... And you can't see around the kern. Oh. So you don't know until you get down there. And Luke just like watching them go down. He's not concerned. But like what makes it fun for me is like figuring out which cars are good enough to make the turn. Fascinating. But so now I'm looking online. I'm like, maybe I can, can are there just Hot Wheel turns I can buy? Like, cause you can just buy like, and the answer is yes. <laughs> oh boy. You can buy a track that just, the point of it is to turn, not to go straight. So would you ever go so far Mm. Like, so going down your stairs, mm. it's it's probably like, what, like 14 stairs? So sure, maybe. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll throw a number out there. Would you ever go so far as to, like, build a small shelf that runs the full length of the stairs going down and having like a track attached to it and then having like the ability to put a car on the track and have it do like a really unbelievable maneuver. I don't know what I need to build the shell. Like build, like literally make it part of the infrastructure of your home is what I'm thinking. <laughs> make the track part of the infrastructure. Yeah, so it's like, do you remember growing up our, our great uncle Bill had like a train set that oh, would like go yes. from like room to room? Yeah, and he like cut out the... Like a like an archway neck adjacent to the doorway and the and the train could go through it through the wall through the yeah. wall which yeah. was amazing it was amazing like the best thing that could have happened I think about their house a lot for only having been there like two or three times yeah they had a really cool they had house a really cool house it was like it was like a log cabin that had like uh did it have like a, a strange number of like taxidermied animals inside of it it might have yeah I don't know like a like a fox eating a squirrel maybe or something <sighs> boy it could have I remember the uh, support beams in the basement. Were were wrapped in rope. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Man, what a thing. Yeah. Mostly what I wanted to do there was play Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo because we didn't have that. We didn't. That's somehow. Somehow. I know. We like, owned a Super Nintendo and didn't own Mario Kart, which feels like a crime. It Mom. does. It does. <laughs> Mom. Mom. <laughs> Why is it Mom's fault? Because we didn't have money to buy <laughs> video games. 
We could have sold our Pokemon cards. Well, yeah, well, someone bought a scooter, so. <laughs> we needed a scooter. Then I'm pretty sure you just got a scooter. How did you get a scooter? Ah, Christmas. Christmas! Yeah. You waited. Yeah. You yeah. sly dog. Yeah, but yours had a wheelie bar, but mine had shocks, so. Good point, good yeah. point. You, yeah. know, you know how Razor scooters needed shocks, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It really took a lot of the vibration <laughs> out of the road. That's right. Mm. Um, no. I actually added the wheelie bar aftermarket wow. along with my uh, I had I had special wheels that lit up when you rolled. Didn't you have um like custom grip tape too? I did custom grip tape yeah. too. Instead of like just being the razor logo in the middle, it took up the whole base. Wow. I ch- I know. Wow, wow, wow. I changed the uh the handle grips from red to green, my yep. favorite color because I didn't have green the day that we were buying them. Man. Uh, but I did later find green grips somewhere yeah. else. Yeah, that was as a kid, I was I was basically like you know, it, it pimp my ride, but like for a scooter. Right. Like pimp my scooter. Pimp, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you remember though? Like, okay. So this was, this was like how cool we were. Like we would go to the skate park. You don't have to tell me, Ben. <laughs> I was there. I was there. Okay. So we would go to the skate park as kids because oh, we were really into. Embarrassing story. We were really into the extremely goofy movie. I mean, like extreme sports were just like extremely trendy when we were a kid, like skateboarding and especially thanks to the extremely goofy movie yeah which is all about like max going to college and Mm -hmm. the x games x games and so at that point in time i was like what i really wanted was a skateboard yeah and so eventually i got a really like inexpensive one that wasn't good i spent half the day trying to drop in on a half pipe eventually did it fell down and then spent the rest of the day on my scooter um but that was we were like those kids at the skate park right that were on like our razor scooters right and all we were really doing was like going over ramps we right. weren't like doing any cool tricks or yeah anything worthwhile right yeah we were so cool we were really cool yeah <laughs> i don't like to think about it really I don't, I tell mean, me more about why you don't like to think about it oh man it's just it's yeah you're right like it doesn't like in the moment we were having fun and that's all that really matters but when i look back i'm like if i were to go to the skate park and just observe it would seem like yeah you'd have all the kids who could actually do stuff on their skateboards and rollerblades and the half pipe and then you'd also have those kids who were on the razor scooters <laughs> with like their knee pads are the size of turtles <laughs> I mean, you should wear protective gear, whatever you're doing. I know, but we were yeah. like knobbly little kids with huge knee pads. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so do you think dad was aware of the fact that we were not the cool kids at Ooh, the skate park? Man, I don't know. I don't know. Like, was it painful for him to sit there and watch us? Because he did have a video camera, which does add to the coolness <laughs> oh, of our particular there's, endeavor. There's nothing like being at the skate park with your dad <laughs> on your Razor scooter while he films it for posterity. <laughs> How would you feel if as your as your uh your three boys grew up if that was their ambition as kids, eight, nine year old kids too, to be the scooter kids at the skate park? Let me tell you, Ben, about yeah. modern day kids scooters. Yeah. It's that they're not like razor scooters. Why are they not like light razor scooters? Because they have motors. Like oh. I saw I witnessed in my neighborhood children on the scooters and there was no there was no scooter leg. They were just no scooter leg. No scooter leg. Goodness. Yeah. They were just zipping around. So I think we've we've gone past that. So you don't think that you'll have scooter kids? I, I'm not saying we won't have scooter kids. I just said they probably have motors. They might have... I'm, I would get my kids like electric skateboards. E-skateboards. E-skateboards. We, you say that like we don't own them. <laughs> we do have two attached to our wall in our office. It's yeah. true. It's true. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. I like that. I mm-hmm. like that. But you didn't really answer my question. Yeah. Would you have been ashamed of us is what I'm really getting at. <laughs> No, I don't think so. No? No. No. Okay. I don't think I don't think you could be too ashamed of your kids. That's that's the wrong approach, hopefully. Because after all, we were so cool that we wanted to go to the skate park. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That must be it was just like an hour away. (laughs) It's not that far now. Now now we live close to it. Yeah, that's true. Same spot. Still there. It's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Wasina Skate Park. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's nearly as popular as it once was. It doesn't seem like it. Maybe the kids these days didn't grow up with the Extremely Goofy movie the same way that we did. Yeah. Or like Rocket Power or all those Disney movies. You're right. Okay. It was more of a thing when we were kids, wasn't it? Yeah. Why is that? Was it just Tony Hawk and his Pro Skater 2? I think it was Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. That was totally it. That got so many people. I think the X Games were new when we were kids, too. Interesting. You know, like they had just started. So is that like 
all of a sudden people were like, yeah, skateboarding's a sport now. And like the elders may have been like, that's not a sport. Right. Do you, do you how do you think that correlates with gaming as gaming has become oh, uh, more of like a pro sport? Is gaming modern, the modern day extreme sport? Is it? That's a, I think it's a fair oh, question. I think so, because that was like extreme sports. This is like esports, and it's like extremely popular in a way that older generations don't understand. Right. Yeah. Right. No, that sounds exactly right. What's next? What will the kids who grew up with esports be like? Well, I don't even understand. Why is this? Is it a sport? Of course, video gaming sport. Uh, of course. Of course, skateboarding is a sport. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Do you ever think people were like that about soccer or basketball? They were like, uh, excuse me, running in a straight line is a sport. Putting a ball through a hoop. That's not a sport. <laughs> That's a game. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like sure enough, that must have been the case at some point in time. But I, it feels like basketball and baseball and football date back so far in history. Of course, in different different like shapes and sizes. Yeah. Like it's come a long way. For sure. You know, helmets But not and stuff. that far. Like I don't think football is more than 100 years old. Maybe not. You know? Maybe not. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Let's see. Let's see. Okay, Ben. So bring me up to speed on something. Light, light on me. You mentioned earlier that you had started playing Diablo 2 again. Sure did. How did this happen? Well, actually, Jay, I need to clarify. I'm I'm playing Diablo 2 literally right now. Oh, are you? As we speak. Right like, now. The game is... The game the is ga- going. The game is going. Oh, man. I, I, I have to tell you that my fascination with Diablo 2 has evolved in such a strange <laughs> way. It's such an old game. Yeah. Very few people play. I think most of the people on there are also what I am, which is a bot. Right. Um, So the way that I play Diablo 2 is, like, incredibly passively. Mm -hmm. Like, I realistically am only interacting with the keyboard and mouse for maybe, like, 20 to 30 minutes a day. Right. So this is this is the the question for me is so what your bot is doing is going out on its own defeating villains and collecting items that you have pre-specified yes. to make the character better at doing this exact thing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So that eventually you can get on and defeat stuff. Basically, yeah. So it, it's a it's a strange thing and I, and I don't know where my fascination comes from with it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's kind of one of those things where I can like tug on my interest in this, get to the end of the rope and still not understand why I care. Mm -hmm. It's like I can like psychologically get myself to the point where I can fully understand where the source material for this interest came from and be like, oh, the only reason I really thought that it was important as a kid is because I perceived that you thought it was important as a kid and it was like being good at it meant you thought you would think I was cool. And it's kind of like, that was my perception of Mm -hmm. how I thought that it would work and why it mattered to me. And it was like, okay, well, I'm going to play all the time because like if if Jay wakes up tomorrow morning and comes downstairs and I I pulled an all-nighter and I have a couple of lightsabers to show for it, man. It's pretty impressive. I'm going to have so many cool points and it's going to change the entire trajectory of my life. Wow. Um, I know. And so the way that I literally play the game now is I play it through all the way once to get a character up to a high enough level to where I can like start him as a bot. Right. And what I mean by that is like literally you go through and you can uh, like use like code Mm -hmm. and have your character like start up, create a game and run through a variety of bosses. And he knows like which items are the best items to pick up and he'll just go out there. And I mean, he's way better at the game than I am. Right. The bot, because the bot can go literally anywhere in exactly the right time and is as maximally efficient as humanly possible. Right. Not even humanly possible as computerly possible. Right. Um, but so the really fun thing for me though, is that like, you know, you start out and, and the quality of the goods you find on a daily basis is entirely dependent on your level of magic find. Sure. Uh, and so like when you start your gear might have like low magic find. And so you're not finding as many things, but then as you find things that have better magic find your magic find increases, which means like over the course of a day, it's literally like the way that I interact with the game is like, I found eight things today. Right. You know, but it's like those eight things maybe will allow me to find like 10 things tomorrow. <laughs> but like, but to what end? What is the, what are you aiming for? What, when will you like, when will I stop? When will you, when are you done? Do you have like things specifically like, okay, this is perfect. I have achieved my goal. Okay, so the thing that I've literally never done... Help me done, understand. Help me understand. The thing that I've literally never been able to do with the game is fully outfit every single character and have all of them over level 90. And So that's your goal. So that's my goal. That's you my want, goal. You want seven perfect characters. Seven perfect characters that can all be run as a bot. But, but you don't want to actually play with them. No. You just want to have built them. Exactly. Okay. Yes. Because and that will bring you joy. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> 
for a while. Okay. Um. No, I think what I, I think what I always hope will happen is that I can get really good at it, and then I'll have all this stuff, and then I'll convince other people to play with me, and then they'll be like, "Man, I really wish I had a, a heart of the oak flail," and I'd be like, "I have one. Let me hook you up." Mm. And then they'll feel the excitement that I felt when somebody gave me a heart of the oak flail. Uh, you know what? I think I can relate with this because this is often how I felt about playing uh, Mario Kart. Okay. I was like, oh yeah, I'll just get super good at this. And then when I play with other people, they'll be like, man, he's really good at this. Yeah. But the effect was never quite what I was hoping for. Oh, really? Yeah, because the problem is that I became so much better than everyone playing it that it was not fun to play with me. <laughs> Hashtag humble, humble brag. Uh-huh. No, just bragging. Just, just bragging. I'm, this is one of the things I feel confident about bragging about is Mario Kart. <laughs> oh, for sure. This is yeah. this is one of those things. It's like ping pong. Everybody thinks they're good at ping pong. And then when you play someone who's actually good at ping pong, it's like, ooh. Ooh, I am not good at ping pong. It turns out I can like rally a few times. Look, I guarantee you everyone listening is like, no, but I, I actually am pretty good at ping right. pong. Everybody thinks yeah. they are the exception. Yeah, but um, I am good. Right, yeah. Um, and I feel like that's you with Mario Kart. Like, I feel like we've met so many people and like, whatever, I'll take you at Mario Kart. And I'm like, dude, you're not going to take him at Mario Kart. Like, <laughs> I, like, I don't care who you are. You are not as good as he is at Mario Kart. And right. sure enough, I, I don't think that we have ever invited somebody into our uh, world that I felt like challenged you at Mario Kart at all. Well, you know, has there ever a been lot a, of hours. Has there ever been a worthy foe? I mean, look, if you play like online and stuff, certainly you'll find other really good people. But uh, in person, I don't think I've really played against many people. And like the thing about Mario Kart is as good as you are, there is always a slight element of luck. And you can you can mitigate as much luck as you want. And that'll win you a lot of rounds. But there every now and then, even if you're great, you can lose to a, to anything. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. like back in the day on our gaming channel, we used to play all the time. It's not like I never won. Yeah. It just was like, I probably won one in 30 races. Right. So it was like, we played enough to where you could see it happen reasonably regularly, mm-hmm. but like, it definitely was not the common thread. Like, I don't think sure. anybody would watch and be like, oh yeah, Ben's got this. Right. He, he's in it. <laughs> um, and so that, that, I think it's almost like bowling, where like, really good bowlers can roll a strike time after time after no, time after ben, time. No, but Ben, I'm really good at bowling. You're not really I'm good not really good at bowling, good at bowling no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do own bowling shoes. You um, do? I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. This is what your things you got slightly into it i got slightly into it and so i bought me an alley bowling shoes so we have them um but like really good bowlers i think that what i what i have learned is that you're never playing one uh game or even a single frame of bowling. Like you you can't represent how good you are. It's like what you're supposed to do is roll strikes three games in a row. Like that is being good at bowling. Right. Uh, I believe is is what I have been told. Like that's like that is what the pros do. But the, the pros can play a, a, a perfect game of bowling. <laughs> a round of bowling. What is what is bowling? Um, I believe it's called a match. A match? <laughs> no, that's not it at all. <laughs> a a battle royale. Match. <laughs> Boy, more people. Yeah, bowling battle royale. What they would should that look like that should be a thing that should be a thing How is it like dodgeball but with bowling balls because mm. that seems deadly it does i don't think that's it i don't think you're trying to hit people with bowling balls but it does seem like there must be a way to do battle royale bowling where you could like knock over other people's pins <gasps> or something Ooh. or you're all aiming at the same thing mm, man i don't know there, there's, there's a way to do this there's got to be something there all right battle royale bowling that's my that's our new uh steam project it's our it's our it's our new million dollar idea it's like it's like going to places where you can like throw axes yeah it's like that's what we come up with is yeah. it's the next top golf top golf yeah, yeah, like where you can go and like hit golf balls over like a parking lot. Like right. who doesn't want to do that? Exactly. People, this is you're right. This is exactly what it's going to be because forever driving ranges have existed. Yeah, and that's all Top Golf is. Right, but Top Golf is somehow better. They've made it. They've made it a social experience that's fun, and not that driving ranges aren't fun, but they've they've made it like a game. They've made driving ranges a game, and bowling is already a game, and golf is already a game. But we're going to make battle royale bowling. It's a new, it's a new, Br- bring it's a new team. Game. Yeah, bring your friends. Bring your friends. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not just roll a ball and a straight line at some pins. You know. It, okay, so I kind of love that idea though. It's almost like it's almost like dodgeball, but with bowling balls. Except you're not throwing the balls at each other. Obviously, you're throwing them at the opponent's pins on their side and it's like a bit of a race to see how accurately you can like knock down the pins on the other side Mm. right there's something do you get it 
I think so. Yeah, yeah. You would, uh. This almost reminds me. I feel like I went to a summer camp once upon a time where that where it was almost this exact premise, and you played like crab soccer, right? And it was like you had like a soccer ball, and there were like ten pins <clears throat> lined up across like a basketball court, yeah. and you were playing long ways, right? And the goal was to like scoot around and on like crab walk right. style and kick the ball into the pins and first team to knock over all of the other team's pins wins. Mm. But like once there's only one pin left, everybody kind of guards that one pin. Yeah. So it gets real competitive at some point. At because, some point to get the last pin. Right. Because yeah. eventually everybody's like focused on protecting just that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Battle Royale bowling. It's coming. Coming to a... You heard it here first. Coming to a Battle Royale theater near you. Oh yeah. Theater theater seating yeah maybe that's what we call the arena is the theater the theater because it's like you could go as a spectator or as a player right yeah mm. like modern day gladiator basically yeah <laughs> it feels like if it's battle royale it has to be like last man standing so yeah i think it'd be more about knocking down opponent pins than and protecting your own that's like what i mean wanna, yeah 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 so you're you're like rolling across a court at their pins yeah so like you stand slightly above the pins mm. And there's like ramps that you can roll down or something. I'm, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to think there's of. There's got to like, be a way, like, for you to not be in danger of being hit with the balls. Of course. Yeah. You're not going to be hit by a ball. Right. Yeah. The you're ball. You're not going to be hit by a ball. The balls are on the court. Yeah. But, but like, if you can stand above the arena and your pins are below you, mm-hmm. you could almost have, like, people who are defenders. Ooh. You know, like, Ooh. where, like, where their job is to, like, roll balls to avoid balls hitting your pins. Oh. Uh. This is great. We're inventing a new sport on the fly. On the fly. Okay. All right. Who do we talk to about getting Battle Royale bowling off the off the ground? Off the ground and, and possibly and trademarked. The <laughs> and into, into the theater. Oh, boy. Goodness gracious. Oh, my gosh. Well, I think we're just about out of time. What all did we talk about today that people can give me some quality feedback on? Oh, man. Uh, what did we talk about? I feel like Pokemon cards, for sure. Yeah. Talked about that for a while. Diablo 2, probably not. I'm sure. Yeah. that people are like ben i would join your clan yeah clan scb right and like we all get together maybe that's part of like our patreon perks for the patreon we don't have you need to play diablo it's, 2 it's, with ben it's no with both of us oh with both of us yeah you can sure. all have you can all have eight players per game but like we all go in and the hunt the quest for the secret cow level and we're all clan scb and i'll outfit everybody with all of my bot findings with all your stuff i'll tell you what if um we should ask people what they are i don't know what they're so good at that people don't like playing oh okay okay what are you so yeah. good at that people don't like playing with you yeah be sure to email me at popcorn pull popcornculturepod at gmail.com mm. or you can follow me at scb underscore ben on twitter and instagram yeah or you can follow me on twitter at john Kerlin, j-o-n-k-e-r-l-i-n or on instagram under the same tag you could basically change your handle to john kernel oh that would be real confusing it, 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 it because be... if i was gonna change it it should just be to john carlin <laughs> <laughs> Or Jay Carlin. Or Jay Carlin. A.K.A. Other Host. The Other Host on Reddit. There you go. Otherwise, guys, until next time. Pop, pop! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.